Thanks, Scott Shannon, and thanks to all of you for being with us. Hope you had a good holiday weekend. The weather in the Northeast absolutely sucked until yesterday, uh, which is cold and rainy and miserable and not the greatest uh, 4th of July weather, I'll tell you that. Uh, Anyway, so glad you're with us. A lot to get to today. A majority of Americans believe that others, not Joe Biden, are calling the shots in the White House. Does that sound surprising to you? Not to me. Actually, after this weekend, and we'll get into this in great detail later, but it's it's clear to me that things, at least it seems to me, following this guy every day, that things are getting worse. I mean, I know I've joked about it and laughed about it at times, but it's it's really serious. It's not really funny when you know that America's enemies are watching this cognitive mess of a president. And they're watching. And and you should hear, you know, President Xi over in China. He, he's just outright like, don't you dare get involved in any of my business periods or you're going to get your heads bashed bloody. Said this during a speech the communist uh, Chinese premier made to the communist uh, party, ruling party there. Only socialism can save China. We will never allow anyone to bully, oppress, or subjugate China. Anyone who dares to do that will have their heads bashed bloody against the Great Wall of Steel forged by over 1.4 billion Chinese people. No one should underestimate the resolve, the will, the ability of the Chinese people to defend their national sovereignty and their territorial integrity. And then he threatened that all foreign countries will get their, their heads Bashed bloody. Now, what do you think this is about? Now, the the UK Sun actually had an article out. Well, okay, a lot of people are beginning to fear with a cognitively weak American president that the communist Chinese, you know, the, actually this, their state media revealed a three-stage battle plan to invade Taiwan. You know, while the U.S. is staging, quote, war games in the Pacific, you think that you think that means anything to President Xi? I don't think so. We know about the territorial ambitions. We know about the crackdowns that have been going on in Hong Kong. Nobody even mentions it anymore. And, you know, basically saying that we're going to pursue all of this. You know, he pledged a complete reunification with Taiwan. What is Joe and his team going to do? You know, I've been warning everybody, no one's paying attention. China and Russia teaming up with Iranian mullahs providing arms to Iran so that they can fight their proxy war in the Middle East, probably to to serve as a distraction so they can literally go after their own geopolitical ambitions. You know, she's vowed to invade, you know, was, you know, Washington regional allies, South Korea, Japan, Australia. Are they going to get sucked into this conflict of NATO forces like the UK and the US? Are we going to get are we going to defend Taiwan? We'd always promised we would. That does does that promise stand? Is anyone going to ask about the the Biden doctrine? Is there such a thing? You know, his his vow to invade followed up an article with the publication of of naval and merchant ships. They're they're actually outlining what they're describing as a three-pronged attack to pave the way for an amphibious landing and the toppling of the, the government of Taipei. 
First stage DF-16 short-range ballistic missiles attacking airports, early warning radar, anti-air missile bases, command centers across the island. The attacks against Taiwan airports would continue until Chinese surface troops had accomplished an assault landing, it says. And following uh, this, China's H-6 bombers and J-16 fighter jets would attack naval ports through different facilities uh, would that, that would not be completely destroyed so the People's Liberation Army could use them for a landing. And they talk about the second stage attack. You want to hear about the second stage? Because they're telegraphing that too. Stating that uh, YJ-91 CJ-10 cruise missiles will be unleashed from land, warships, and submarines. Military bases, ammunition depots, communications infrastructure, key road junctions will be crippled. Drones will then be used to dispatch, dispatch to ex- assess the damage. And then it says the warships and the land-based rocket forces would wipe out any remaining obstacles to their amphibious landing troops that they would land safely. And they have pictures of all of this in the sun. I don't know. Do I think it's the most reliable paper? Probably not. Do I think this is real? Yeah, I do. I think it's real. U.S. has now dropped sanctions on the Iranians, providing support. You know, the Iranian goal, what is their goal? Death to America, death to Israel. Now aided and abetted and propagandized by Democrats in the House and, and more importantly, aided and abetted by Russia and China. I know, but why, why bring up important issues like this when we have the NPR trashing our Declaration of Independence full of flaws and deeply ingrained hypocrisies? That was their headline. Congresswoman Maxine Waters blasting the Declaration of Independence, writing... Uh, so the Declaration of Independence says all men are created equal, equal to what? What men? Only white men, question mark? Isn't that something they wrote in 1776 when African-Americans were enslaved? They weren't thinking about us then, but we're thinking about us now. And it goes on from there. And by the way, you know, there's a controversy in Tennessee over a flag that says, you know, F Biden and, and F you for voting for him. I, people, I think that's just stupid. I don't think that's the road we want to go down. You got to argue intelligently. That's not going to get you far. You know, New York Times literally saying the 4th of July is a symbol of unity that may no longer unite. And flags, you know, don't unite us or bring us together. You know, I've been talking about how, you know, we're now getting to a point of irreconcilable differences. You have Americans that don't want the Pledge of Allegiance. They don't want the national anthem. They don't even want the U.S. flag. They, they want critical race theory. That is their number one goal. Not reading, writing, math, science. No, forget that. You know, they, they want taking a knee. They want staying in the locker room. They want defund the police, although they ironically, they're claiming the Republicans did that. No, Republicans did not defund the police. They weren't calling for defunding the police. They they spoke in one voice condemning the stupidity of it all. You know, this is now the the New York Post saying today, 4th of July bash. Libs turn the love of our nation into a vice. And it goes through all of the different comments that are that 
are made by varying reporters. New York Times, for example, paragraphs that the Telegraph that telegraphs her own discomfort rather than reality today, flying the flag from the back of a pickup truck or over a lawn is increasingly seen as a clue, albeit an imperfect one, to a person's political affiliation in a deeply divided nation. How do we possibly reconcile that thinking? You know, by the great late Barry Farber, did talk radio for decades, he did talk radio to up till and including his 90 or 91st birthday and passed away, you know, about a year ago. Just I used to listen to him when I was a kid. Brilliant man. And he always said, no, America's not perfect. But there's never been a country in the history of mankind that's accumulated more power and abused it less than this one. And I add to that, there's never been a country in the history of man that has accumulated more power, abused it less, and used that power to advance the human condition. You would think reading all of this that America is inherently evil. It is not. Its people are inherently the overwhelming majority good. Most, most Americans find racism repugnant. You know, if you want to talk about where was the majesty or the beauty and the wisdom of our framers and of our founders, we've gone over this many times before. They knew it. They knew in 1776 and 1787 they weren't going to be able to resolve the issue of slavery. A lot has happened since then. The Republican Party, party of Lincoln, fought a civil war. But the system they built was designed specifically with all the means and every mechanism available to right wrongs and correct injustices and become a more perfect union, starting with the Underground Railroad, starting with people like Abraham Lincoln, starting with a civil war that was fought and a, and a, a country that still remained united, imperfect leading up to the 64 Civil Rights Act, the Voting Rights Act of 65. Again, moving towards a more perfect union. Have we reached perfection? Absolutely not. Are there racist people in America? Yes, there are. Do most, do most Americans find them repugnant and ignorant? Yeah, they do. As a conservative, I want nothing to do with people that have such ignorant views. Most people are like that. Most people are good people. When our fellow Americans are in need, we stand together and we stand as one, one people. What, what, why was the flag, why did it mean so much to all of us after 9-11? How is it that everybody came together after 9-11? And the anthem meant something after 9-11. You know, that's why I, I hate politicizing sports, which I've been talking about in great detail. You know, here you have a shared passion among people of all races, all backgrounds. I don't care if it's Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NFL. You have the, the Stanley Cup Finals going on. You know, I'm UFC. George Foreman gets criticized because he proudly says, I love this country. I love America. It's the greatest country God gave man, knowing that human beings are imperfect. The story of the human experience is one of, of fallen beings, failed, flawed beings. 
It's this misunderstanding about Christianity that it's kind of befuddling to me at times. And I guess some people are, you know, they 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 say they're a Christian and then they do something wrong and then see. Well, to me, if you say you want to be a Christian, you want what? You want forgiveness? You want salvation? You want repentance from the Latin, which means to change your heart, to be better. The whole idea of becoming a more perfect union is to right wrongs, correct injustices. It was Joe Biden that partnered with the guy that filibustered the Civil Rights Act and Voting Rights Act. Didn't want integration of public schools. Didn't want busing. Didn't want public schools, in his words, to become racial jungles. But Joe gets a pass because Joe's a Democrat. And it goes on. It goes on from there. From the New York Times, a Fourth of July symbol of unity that may no longer unite. They're talking about the American flag. That's what that article is about. Told you about, you know, National Geographic. Scientists found that vulnerable people in communities of color are disproportionately exposed to air pollution from firework celebrations. I'm like, what? I mean, I, I, I read over the weekend, I didn't know that the word picnic apparently had been banned. Did you know that, Linda? No, I have not heard this. Senator Tom Cotton blasting the New York Times independence story, saying the U.S. flag is a divisive symbol. And that's what I'm saying. How do you reconcile all of this? How do you reconcile defund the police, fund the police? How do you reconcile, you know, judicial activism versus interpreting the Constitution, low taxes or, 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 or confiscation of wealth? Energy independence or no energy independence, open borders, amnesty or, or secure borders, peace through strength or no, no strength at all. I don't know how we're going to say, how are we going to possibly ever do that? You know, you think back and what is missing in all of this discussion, think of what happened in the last century, World War One, World War Two. Think of the blood and the and and our national treasure. And America, literally, without America, how, how do you beat back the forces of communism and fascism and Nazism and imperial Japan? How do we possibly do that? You know, the, uh, the iconic image of the raising of the flag at Iwo Jima. How, how, do, you, how do you go from that America to this America where the New York Times is is now pushing this in, insanity uh, upon us, which they are, that our flag is a, a symbol of unity that may no longer unite. Wasn't it America that came up with not one, not two, but three COVID-19 vaccines? And we're sending hundreds of millions of doses worldwide for free? to help other countries that don't have a vaccine. We're sharing it with the world to save lives. Isn't that the, is there goodness in that? Is there goodness defeating fascism, Nazism, Imperial Japan, communism, the, 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 the blood the, of, of American treasure, our kids? Is, well, what do they like about America? Because, you know, I, I, all I heard, all I read, all I see is now the left in this country just, you know, using the 4th of July to express their contempt for America. We'll continue. 
right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN if you want to join us. So now the the mob and the media almost seemingly in one voice just using the 4th of July to trash the country or at least show their contempt for the country. Gene Kirkpatrick once talked about the Blame America First crowd. Blame America First. NPR trashing the declaration full of flaws, deeply ingrained hypocrisy. Uh, Congresswoman Maxine Waters blasting the declaration. White men wrote it. Uh, there was a case over the weekend, and and this is, is happening in a lot of different places. You know, it's it, it, this was widespread. This was not just a small, you know, remote conversation here. This 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 is pretty much all over the place. You know, I saw that uh, Senator Ted Cruz excoriated a one of the squad members, Corey Bush, for hit quote her divisive lies in response to her tweet over the weekend that claimed that the United States has stolen land and that African Americans are not free in America today. He wrote that's just hateful, divisive lying and showing the left hates America. Believe them when they when they tell you this. And he pointed out, you know, the Kaepernick issue that had come up at the time. And anyway, Corey Bush turned head Saturday, claiming in a post that Independence Day, that black people in America still are not free. U.S. is stolen land when they say the Fourth of July is about freedom. Uh, the freedom they were referring to is for white people. This is this Stolen land that he he pointed out, that she pointed out. Then I mentioned Maxine Waters. Then I mentioned the NPR. And I'm went, met looking at the New York Times and, and their comment, the 4th of July symbol, our American flag may no longer unite. Members of the U.S. women's soccer team turn away from the U.S. flag as World War II veterans played the national anthem. Has anyone taught them about what happened at the beaches of Normandy? The loss of, you know, we, in the last century alone, under governmental evil systems, a million human souls died. A hundred million human souls, excuse me. Under whatever fascism, Nazism, fascism, communism, Mao, China. They turned their back, a 98-year-old World War II veteran playing the national anthem on a harmonica. And they turned their backs on him? Well, has anyone ever taught them about what happened in Normandy? Boxing great George Foreman said he's not ashamed of his love for America in an Independence Day tribute. Drawing a stark contrast with, with other professional athletes. For 54 years, people have been asking me not to keep saying I love America, he said in a tweet, accompanied by a photo of him wearing a Team USA boxing uniform and holding a U.S. flag that was taken after he won the Olympic gold medal in 1968. Well, I do love America, and I'm not ashamed. Don't leave it. Love it. Happy Fourth of July. And I'd add to that, make it better. That's the beauty of our system. Imperfect people. The story of all of mankind. But there's never been a country that accumulated more power, abused it less, and used it to advance the human condition. What would the world look like but for America's sacrifices in World War II? 
By the way, George Foreman competed. He was 19 years old. The 1968 Olympics in Mexico City brought home the gold. Beat a Soviet boxer at the time. Heavyweight champion of the games. I take, I've had a lot of flack, he said. In those days, nobody was applauded for being patriotic. Now we have the hidden toll. Scientists are saying that communities of color are hardest hit by the air pollution from fireworks displays. I don't even know what to say to that. The nation writes about the willful self-delusion of American Independence Day, which is grounded in racism and militarism. I mean, and I can keep going on. Senator Cotton over the weekend took on the New York Times's 4th of July symbol, meaning the flag may no longer unite. And he said, over the weekend, you saw the New York Times run a long story how the flag, for goodness sake, is now a divisive symbol for many Americans. Look, we should be proud of our heritage and our founding principles. 245 years ago this weekend, our founding fathers declared our independence not just because of local grievances over taxes or quartering of soldiers, but they wanted to found a new republic dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal, as Abraham Lincoln said in the Gettysburg Address. It says, now we have not always achieved that practice, but our history has been one of continually struggling to realize these ideals. That's exactly what Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said in his I Have a Dream speech, in which he explicitly and repeatedly invoked the Declaration and said that our work is the full realization of America's founding principles that we should teach our children, whether it's in the schools or in the movies or television or comic books, to be proud and celebrate America's traditions. Joe Biden didn't particularly help, did he, when it comes to making America more perfect union when he, when he partnered with the former Klansmen to stop integration of schools. You know, and it just, it just goes, I can give you more examples if you want them. This is National, Nat Geo objecting to the 4th of July fireworks. 4th of July fireworks. Um, and it goes on and on. What worries me the most about this with the 4th of July bash fest and liberals turn the love of our nation into a vice, how do you reconcile such dramatic differences? And I know we've been divided often throughout our history, like when we fought a civil war, like the 60s. At least in my lifetime, it's never been this bad or this loud or this radical or this extreme. But it seems to be on every issue. The flag, the Pledge of Allegiance, National Anthem, taking a knee, staying in the locker room. Where do, we, where do you find common ground from there? Who's going to compromise? Where do, you, where do you compromise? How do you compromise? To me, the best solution would be good people, the, the majority of Americans, working towards the goal of a more perfect union. And righting wrongs and, and correcting injustices and becoming a more perfect union. You know, politically, if you look at, okay, well, how do you reconcile those that don't want the police? Want the police defunded and dismantled versus those that believe in law and order. And those that believe to pursue happiness, you, ha you have to have 
peace and security first. That's fundamental. How do you reconcile those that would capitulate to every demand of the radical teachers unions just so they can get money to get reelected versus parents choosing and letting schools compete for the for the most amount of dollars that they would get considering we spend per capita more than any industrialized country in the world? How do why why have we allowed teachers unions to fail so miserably and never hold them accountable? How do you reconcile those that want complete wealth confiscation and redistribution, socialism, whatever name you want to give it, new green dealism, with those that believe in lower taxes, less government interference? How do you reconcile those that want the government to to manage every aspect of our lives, including what food we can eat, and label every food on on the food shelf? And tell us what size Coca-Cola we can buy. How do you reconcile those differences? Or the differences, for example, low taxes, less bureaucracy, schools, law and order. Those that would give you government health care, which we know fails. Those that trust the government to be the providers of all things, socialism. And state-run industry. Versus free market capitalism. Those that support the First Amendment and the Second Amendment. Where do you reconcile those differences? Those that want secure borders and the laws of the land upheld versus those that want open borders and amnesty. What about those that believe that it's in our best national security interest to have energy independence? It's in our best economic interest because it's the lifeblood of the world's economy to have energy independence with those that don't want drilling anywhere, fracking anywhere, coal mining anywhere. Well, it just shuts down the economy and makes us not only not competitive, it becomes a national security threat because we still need it. And we'll then be relying on countries that often hate us. How do you reconcile those that want to pack the courts? Those that want You know, no voting checks and balances or integrity measures at all so that we can have confidence in the results of elections. How do you reconcile those that understand in in this very evil world we live in the need for the strongest, meanest, baddest, toughest, kick-ass military on the face of the earth and those that are pacifists that think that they can somehow bribe their way into some type of peaceful relationship with a country that chants death to America like Iran. What is Joe Biden going to do seeing the geopolitical advancement of China and the China Sea and their desire, quote, at reunification with Taiwan and their crackdowns of freedom in Hong Kong? Or the alliance between China, Russia, and Iran to provide arms for Iranians, uh, the Iranians' proxy war in the Middle East. How do you reconcile those that have virulent anti-Semitism, willing to speak sympathetically to groups that are known terrorist groups that have in their d- charter the destruction of Israel and chant death to Israel, death to America? and burn Israeli flags and burn American flags. How do you reconcile this? 
I'm becoming increasingly more concerned every single day. Those that want schools, they're less concerned about reading, writing, math than they are about teaching American history. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Teach it all. What would the world look like but for the blood and sacrifice of America? We'll get to this in the uh, coming up later in the program. Majority of Americans, by the way, believe that Biden is not in charge. That Biden is not calling the shots. Trafalgar, Robert Cahaley, along with the Convention of States, 56.5% of Americans do not believe Biden is fully executing the duties of office. In other words, he's not calling the shots. Almost 32% of Democrats don't believe Biden's calling the shots. 84% 84 of Republicans don't believe Biden's calling the shots. 58% think that independents of independents think he's not calling the shots. Democrats worried, too, that Kamala Harris is not cutting it. And they're increasingly fearful in New York Post piece. And actually, some are now actively talking about replacing her as VP. But more importantly, they're fearful that her missteps are going to open the doors for the Republicans to have big gains in 2022 and 2024. Is anyone in the media going to care that Joe Biden's AT&T bill was paid by Hunter? And thousands were spent on home repairs for him while he was vice president, knowing Hunter's foreign business dealings. Imagine a Trump kid lying on a gun application, dumping a gun in a dumpster, smoking crack, doing deals while their father is president or vice president with Russia, China, Kazakhstan, Ukraine, with no experience. Imagine if it was a Trump kid. Biden got busted all over the place for the lies that he told over the weekend. We'll play some of that in the next hour as well. It's, it was he was a his typical cognitive mess. It's not even funny anymore. I know I've been kind of tr- at times joking about it, but it's not. It's not. I can't even laugh at it anymore. Federal judges str- struck down the ambiguous tax mandate provision in Biden's 1.9 trillion relief fund. That U.S. infrastructure deal includes selling our oil reserves. That's stupid. The Keystone XL pipeline developer wants $15 billion in damages from the U.S. He might win. He might get that. Unemployment rate went up in June, 5.9%. Unemployment rate up for women, African Americans, Hispanic Americans, Asian Americans. Well, just the opposite of what we saw in the Trump years. I mean, it's just then we have a cyber attack against the U.S. It, you know, it's forces Swedish claim 800 stores. Seventy million dollars demanded in ransomware hitting U.S. companies. Two hundred U.S. companies plus. What are we doing? What are we doing to stop this? Joe Biden, when he was asked about it, it was a disaster. He's too busy buying a cherry pie. Right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. So a lot of immigration news is out there. Um, if you've been following this program, you know we keep asking the question, how is it that you get to pick and choose which laws you're going to enforce 
and those which you don't enforce, because I don't think we as American citizens have that luxury. Um, And then the next question is, then if you're aiding and abetting law-breaking like a sanctuary city or a sanctuary state or even the Biden administration, that they basically just, just process people that don't respect our laws, our sovereignty, our borders, and they just get processed and they get aided and and assisted and being transported to, you know, the 48 states, the continental United States. And you begin to wonder, well, what if I did that? What if you did that? What if any other American was aiding and abetting in the law breaking? And anyway, so there is now sheriffs, ICE officers in court that are trying to uphold the laws of the land. Now, if you don't like the laws, you can always go about the the more difficult process, which is to get Congress, the House, and get the Senate to pass the law, and a president would sign the law, and that would then become the new law, rather than just making it up as you go. And there is a forthcoming lawsuit accusing members of the Biden administration of willfully violating federal statutes that requires certain illegal immigrants to be detained and removed from the United States. And this is happening with with more frequency than you would ever imagine. And then Chris Kolbach is representing four Texas sheriffs and law enforcement in this lawsuit against Joe Biden and his administration. I would think if the law of the land is followed, I would think that they would have a, a high probability of winning this lawsuit. But I don't think we have equal justice or equal application of the law in this country anymore. Sad thing to say, but that's what I believe. Anyway, the uh, lawsuit now has been filed. We have the Secretary of Homeland Security, Mayorkas, issuing a policy memorandum preventing ICE officers from detaining or removing illegal uh, immigrants that federal laws say, you know, must be detained or removed. And they're just asking that the law of the land be followed. Now, the Biden administration did make an announcement over the weekend. Uh, The day before the 4th, that that ICE, that they announced the U.S. Citizenship Immigration Services, that they are launching an interagency effort to make millions of immigrants living in the United States citizens. So not only are they letting you in illegally, aiding and abetting you in the process, now they're they're forging a path where Joe Biden is telling federal agencies to work on welcoming strategies that promote integration, inclusion, and citizenship through executive order. Let's just bypass Congress altogether on this. And then, of course, we have Joe Manchin silent on the Biden nominee with ties to eco-terrorism, separate and apart from all of that. Polls now show the border crisis. Uh, Voters now have soured on Biden and that the vast majority of, of respondents, 51%, are not satisfied with Biden's handling of the border crisis. The only 33% agree with him. You have an open borders group complaining that border security Republicans are staging an insurrection. Of course, you, that, you had to expect that was coming. Uh, but that's where we are. Anyway, Brian Judd is the president of the National Border Patrol Council, and he's talking about Secretary Mayorkas using political talking points to deflect from their failures. And this is a Biden-induced crisis, but their failures to uphold the law of the land. In just the last 24 hours, over the 4th of July, there was 1,965 apprehensions. That's up 558%. How is it that the secretary says there is no crisis? 
I can't be, I couldn't be more disappointed in his words. He is absolutely incorrect. And, and worse off, he knows he's incorrect. He's using political talking points to try to deflect from this administration's failures. He knows that recidivism has existed since I've been in the Border Patrol. It's been a condition that existed under President Trump. Now it continues into President, into President Biden's term. But the difference under President Trump's term is we didn't have the same number of crossings that we're currently seeing right now. There was never 180, 170, 160,000 crossings um, under President Trump's administration. This is failures by this administration to come up with actual policies or actual programs that are going to work to help us secure the border. Okay, joining us now, he's he's representing the 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 people that I just mentioned, Sheriff Seif's officers in court to uphold the laws is Chris Kobach. He's the lead attorney on this. Uh, welcome back, sir. We appreciate you being with us. Uh, this sounds to me like the case that should be won if we follow the law, if we follow the constitutional process of the country. Yeah, great to be with you, Sean. It, it, it should absolutely be won by the sheriffs and ICE officers that I'm representing. Um, the the statutes that we are suing under aren't just garden variety immigration statutes that say, you know, illegal aliens are, are not admissible under these conditions. These are statutes directed by Congress at ICE officers, or back then in the 90s, it was INS officers. And the statutes say the officer shall remove the alien under these circumstances. The officer shall detain the alien under these circumstances. And the Biden administration is telling ICE officers to break those laws and disobey what Congress said you shall do. And so the sheriffs are suffering the consequences most directly and their and their citizens in the Texas counties because ICE is no longer taking custody of criminal aliens that a sheriff arrests for stealing a car or whatever the, the, the alien has done. ICE is simply saying, look, under our new rules, we can't take him. We can't remove him. So even though you picked up this alien gang member uh, for, for stealing that automobile, we're not going to take custody like we used to. And the other thing that's happening is at the back end, if an alien has been convicted of whatever crime he committed when he came to the United States, traditionally, in, over, in past administrations, uh, the sheriff of the jurisdiction would call ICE and say, hey, this guy's about to be released from prison or the jail, depending on where he's serving his time. Would you please take custody and kick him out of the country and remove him as soon as he gets out of confinement? And I said, of course we will, because A, it makes sense, and B, federal law requires that we do. Um, but that's not happening now. And as a result, and we mentioned this in our legal complaint, you have the re- release now of illegal aliens who've been convicted of rape of a child, sexual assault on a child, uh, aggravated assault, a deadly weapon, larceny, burglary, on down the list, serious crimes being turned loose on the streets right now uh, because of the Biden policy. And that's why what's happening in Texas is, is a massive crisis. And it's, it's infecting the entire country, too, because aliens are being released from prison, not just in Texas, but in, in all 50 states, criminal aliens. How, how is it possible, though, that, I mean, if I were to pick and choose which laws I want to obey, I, I, why do I know I'd get in trouble? Why, why do I know that if I aided in abetting and was involved in aiding and abetting and assisting in illegal activity, I, I'd have the book thrown at me. I would, I would never consider doing anything that stupid. But it's now institutionalized corruption. It's, it's now states that are sanctuary states, cities that are sanctuary cities. And frankly, the United States is becoming the United Sanctuary States of America. 
You, you know, I think what it is, Sean, is it's it's the hubris of power. It's it's the federal agencies saying we're in charge here. We have the reins now that uh, President Trump is out and, and President Biden is in, and these the political leadership of the Department of Homeland Security is saying, you know what, we're just we're going to do what we want to do, and the only thing that can really stop them right now is is a federal judge and joining. Um, and it's it's a it's a sad situation when you have. You have to file a lawsuit for a federal officer who simply wants to be permitted to follow what the law tells him to do. And when sheriffs just want to protect their citizens, that uh, the only way to to stop this out-of-control administration is to file a lawsuit. All right, so walk us through the process, because these lawsuits often take a lot of time, and then it gets kicked from one court to the next court as one side or the other is going to appeal. You know, what, what time frame are we talking about here? Is Biden long gone from the White House by this time? Hopefully not. The, the next step in this And you get an emergency is, uh, injunction, in other words. Correct. A preliminary injunction. We'll be filing for that uh, very soon here, uh, within days. And so that, at that point, conceivably, if the judge uh, agrees that this is unlawful activity that, that the Biden administration has ordered, the judge could uh, bring into place a preliminary injunction, which would stop the Biden administration from breaking these laws and, and turning these illegal alien criminals loose. And then the case would proceed through that more that slower uh, process you described. But at least while the case is proceeding, there'd be a preliminary injunction in place. So I was down last week and I did this town hall with President Trump and Governor Abbott and and Governor Abbott's been a regular on both radio and TV. And I keep asking him, well, if they won't enforce the law of the land, why is Texas prohibited from doing so? And he says every time, that's a great question. Then he talks about legal precedent. He talks about, remember the Jan Brewer case out of Arizona, where state laws cannot, in this case, circumvent federal laws, even though the fe- and the states can't enforce the federal laws because they have an obligation, according to statute, to hand people over to the, the feds, and then the feds just process them and let them free. Well, as a matter of fact, Sean, I was the attorney who helped draft that Arizona law, SB 1070. Uh, about 10 years ago. And All right, so then you know better than I explain explain the logic behind that. So the Supreme Court in that case issued kind of a, a, a divided opinion or a split opinion. They said certain aspects of the Arizona law were not allowed, but the, the main one, which authorized and compelled uh, Arizona law enforcement officers to um, to check anytime they had suspicion that they had arrested an illegal alien, that one the Supreme Court uh, sustained. And the Supreme Court said states do have the authority uh, to make an arrest when they're in- engaged in their normal policing, make an arrest of someone who is an illegal alien. And uh, if they believe they have reasonable suspicion this person's an illegal alien, check the 24-7 hotline that the, the federal government still maintains, confirm that he's an illegal alien, and then transfer custody to the ICE. And that's right, but that, but this on. is my point. The states themselves cannot deport them. They can't turn them away. They can't turn them back. They, they, the, that decision forces them to hand it over to the feds. And we now know the feds policy is one of, oh, we'll process you and give you free transportation to the state of your choice. I think this situation in Texas is probably going to force the courts to address some very specific questions. Can a state, for example, uh, one of the things Governor Abbott is talking about doing is uh, the state building border wall uh, where in, in the many, many miles of Texas border that, that are wide open right now. Uh, unfortunately, because President Trump was not able to stay in office and continue the construction of the wall, tech, much of Texas is wide open. So what if the state um, puts a wall in place and 
uh, the, the Fed, someone will undoubtedly sue and say, can the state protect its own borders? And then that case may turn on the question of whether states can do some things to protect their own civilians against uh, illegal immigration. Uh, also, the other thing that uh, Texas uh, Governor Abbott has talked about doing and the sheriffs have been uh, wanting to do in Texas is re- uh, arrest illegal aliens for other crimes. That is to say, if they see someone who has stolen a vehicle and the person is an illegal alien, well, maybe uh, throw the book at that person, because even if the feds aren't going to uh, remove the illegal alien, at least the state can take some action uh, to discourage illegal immigration by enforcing even smaller crimes to the max uh, because of the influx of illegal immigration. So uh, that is an area where I think the states have an open field. There, there's certainly no reason the states can't enforce their own laws in a way. Well, I, I think they're going to have a much easier time building their own wall and protecting their own state. I, I can't imagine federal authority uh, s- circumventing or, or superseding that. Um, I, you know, cause states still, they still maintain the ability to do their, make their own laws and enforce their own laws. Problem here is we're dealing with federal laws and they're not being allowed to enforce federal laws. They're being forced to, to put people into a system that we know is not going to enforce the law. Well, and that's why I think it's a combination of state actions. Uh, the, the, this lawsuit by the counties and by the ICE officers would force the feds to start complying with federal law. Texas, uh, doing everything it can to protect its borders would also combine with that if we if we prevail in this lawsuit. You could have a situation where we could, one step at a time, start to put the blocks back in place uh, to make our borders secure. So it's uh, there's no there's no silver bullet, but a combination of things can uh, impede this Biden administration's lawlessness and and get us. Well, we won't get back to a situation like we had under President Trump, where the you know the executive branch of the federal government was taking seriously its duty to fully and aggressively enforce the law. But at least we could get back to a situation where it's not complete lawlessness and ICE is forced to and, and allowed. The ICE officers, are they are desperately wanting to do their job. They're being forced to sit at their desks, get to a position where at least they're allowed to do their jobs. I mean, one point on this, Sean, remember two years ago, the, um, the, the demonstrations in the street abolish ICE. And remember the um, presidential debates on the Democrat side, uh, where they were asked if they favored abolishing ICE, and most of them did. They may not have abolished ICE under the Biden administration, but they've effectively done the same thing. They have, through this memorandum, they have forced ICE officers to sit at their desks and do nothing and not deport and, the people. And now they're saying it. Now they want full-fledged amnesty for everybody. Yeah. Uh, all right, yeah. Chris Kobach, we'll follow this lawsuit closely. Uh, keep us informed, please, of any updates. We appreciate it. This, this seems like do. the best hope or best opportunity. Quick break. We'll come back. 800-941-SEAN is our number. We'll get to your calls uh, this post-4th of July. Quick break. Right back. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. Still awaiting word whether Joe Manchin, West Virginia, uh, will support Joe Biden's nominee to lead the Bureau of Land Management. Um, I need to correct a story I mentioned in the uh, earlier in the program today. Uh, talking about members of the U.S. women's soccer team, um, there were numerous reports everywhere, as a matter of fact, that said that they had turned their back on this 98-year-old World War II vet that was performing the Star Spangled Banner with his harmonica during the performance. And there was a lot of footage out there, and it actually it looked like uh, that some of the players had turned away from the, the this World War II hero 
And anyway, so long story short, it turns out that that's not true, which I'm actually very glad to report. Um, and that the U.S. soccer communications team responded, to be clear, no one turned their backs on the World War II vet during the anthem. Some of the soccer players were simply looking at the flag on a pole in one end of the stadium. And that the players all loved Pete, thanked him individually after the game, and signed a ball for him. So I'm uh, on that side, it doesn't change all the other places that use the 4th of July to trash things. But we always like to get things right and, and correct the record. And good for the women's soccer team. Uh, and I'm, we apologize for making the error. For those of you that don't recall, you have the, the Senate Energy Natural Resources Committee. It was the chairman's ranking member, John Barrasso of Wyoming, called for the president to withdraw Tracy Stone Manning. Um, who has come under fire that she misled senators about her links to the eco-terrorist plot and has faced scrutiny for urging population control to protect the environment in her graduate thesis. Now, I've told you many times the mob and the media is biased. When's the last negative thing you've heard about Andrew Cuomo? You know, the media is not going to cover it. The media is not going to go near it. Why? Because they've got an agenda and their agenda is all things radical, democratic, socialist. It doesn't matter. And they've got friends in big tech and everywhere else. And wow, it's amazing because I don't see it. I don't see that story going away if it was Donald Trump or a Republican ever. Um, some of you keep reaching out to us asking if, in fact, we're following what's been going on in Maricopa County, Fulton County and other states. And the answer is, yeah, of course we are. And we've we've discussed it and we've talked about it. I will say that Merrick Garland's decision to go after the, the new Georgia voting law, which is far more inclusive than Joe State of Delaware, is going to blow up in their face and backfire. It's not going to work. He had the 6-3 decision, thanks to the AG out in Arizona, uh, Bernovich. New voting rules over claims of racial discrimination. The court said it would be imprudent to create a sweeping rule for such future cases, but... It was equally imprudent for the Biden administration to ignore the forthcoming decision. And before they filed their challenge to Georgia's new voting uh, rights. Now, Georgia has 17 days of early in-person voting. Delaware has none. Every precinct in Georgia uh, has a drop box. Delaware has none. In Delaware, you must provide an excuse to get an absentee ballot. You don't need that excuse in Georgia. All you need is to request it. Both states have voter ID laws. So tell me, why didn't Merrick Garland, the AG, sue Delaware instead of Georgia? But anyway, in a majority opinion, Sam Alito upheld the two new voting rules in Arizona that barred uh, vote harvesting or ballot harvesting, as we call it, by political uh, groups and discarded ballots cast in the wrong, wrong precinct. The lower courts divided on the question. So, you know, the, the, this is not going to work in their favor. Um, it's interesting. There was a red state piece out how Democrats are getting very, very concerned over the audits and things that are now coming to light that we hadn't known before. But remember, nobody wanted to hear from the real whistleblowers, the hundreds and hundreds of people that signed affidavits post November 3rd that said they saw things that they felt were not being done properly. What, what can we say for certain happened in 2020? Well, for certain, we can say that even though laws allow for partisan observers to observe the vote count start to finish, that they weren't allowed to do that. 
There was there was no accommodation made at all to uphold the law. We can say that they had a dual standards for voting in Georgia. If you voted by mail, very lax standards. If you voted in person, very rigorous standards. We can say that the Constitution of Pennsylvania, which restricts greatly only under very, very specific set of circumstances, that Constitution does not allow for uh, voting by mail. And yet that was circumvented by the state legislature. Now, they could have gone about it the, the legal way, the right way, and that is to amend the state constitution of Georgia. They didn't do it. Just like the 4-3 decision in, in Wisconsin, laws weren't followed there. It's incontrovertible. I think one of the funniest things to emerge is New York City, and, and they faced a, a pretty swift backlash. And I don't know how this is ultimately going to end up. They... You know, literally, it resulted in 135 pre-election test votes being actually counted because they they weren't properly purged from the system. Oh, what are Democrats in New York going to do? Then you have chain of custody issues now that are emerging in, in Fulton County, where even election officials are already admitting that there was no chain of custody integrity and the documentation, which is required by law. Uh, that that didn't happen. It's missing for 168,922 early advanced votes in, in, in Cobb County, never mind Fulton County, Georgia. And you've got a watchdog group now looking. All these states want to do audits, and all these states are going to be updating their laws, which is what I said needs to be done now, not before 2022. Well, before 2022, but not in 2022. This is where this is the first step. You need integrity and confidence in the outcome of elections. When Florida screwed up in 2000 and 2016, they made the adjustments. And then people had once again had confidence in the results. I would think every side wants that, but apparently that's controversial. Anyway, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Lisa is in Michigan. Lisa, hi. How are you? Glad you called. Thanks for being with us. Hi, Sean. Thank you for taking my call. And I had an opportunity, my husband and I, to watch your special last night on the face transplants that were being completed. Mm-hmm. And uh, what an amazing uh, program that was put together. I just wanted to share my son's story with you. And we live in a small town in Michigan. And my son, Derek, is that was that all-American kid. Uh, he was a thousand yard uh, all state running back his senior year of high school and went off to college in Michigan at a university and was home on spring break. And he was on the presidential list his first semester. He was a 4.0 student, put a lot of pressure on himself. And we could tell uh, when he came home that, you know, he definitely um, had some, you know, anxiety and pressure uh, going forward. And um, was just home on spring break, and the night of March 5th, 2014, uh, we found, my husband found him laying in a snowbank beside our house oh, with a, no. gun, a, a gunshot wound to his head. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. How old? Oh, um, at that time, he was 19. Ugh. That's, that's every parent's worst, worst nightmare. It is. It absolutely was. And he lived, miraculously, he lived, and um, the gunshot wound completely wiped off his face. 
You know, Linda just sent me a picture of you and and your husband. I guess it's your husband and your son. It uh, is. One picture of him from his graduation. What a handsome man. And you could see the yes. damage that has been done is so severe. It you is. You know, it there was is. this firefighter that we featured on the show last it. night from Mississippi. What a great guy. Yes. What? And, yes. We watched it. And he's gone through this now. And, and right. look how remarkable he looks. He does. He if does. you would I, like, I'd gladly put you in touch with, with Dr. Rodriguez. He's become a, a friend of mine, somebody I've come to admire a lot. Um, it's a very, very difficult process. And it's a very, I, and the intricacy behind this these new surgeries. Remember, in, in, in one case, they did the straight-up tran- face transplant. And the other case, they did a face transplant and, and double hand. hand transplant, replacing Correct. hands from another person. Mm-hmm. And it has to be done expeditiously. It has to be done perfectly for this thing to work. And there is a risk that you don't survive. Correct. And in each of his cases, um, they've been able to do so. Um, I, I know Dr. Rodriguez, for a fact, would talk to you. If you want me to put you in touch with him, I, I will gladly put you on hold and make that happen. I know you, Linda's t- told me that you have a GoFundMe page to, you know, try and raise, you know, monies for this effort. Uh, I do know that through generous donations of others that, you know, it, this is not going to be based fully on your ability to pay for this surgery because I don't think anybody could afford to pay for it. Now we're actually, and that's kind of where we're at right now, is he's had 58 facial reconstructive surgeries already at Henry Ford Hospital in Detroit. His last surgery was in June of 2020, and at that point, um, there was nothing more that could be done for him there, and we were referred to the Cleveland Clinic. And uh, we've made two visits there, but... There's um, no grant money or any finances, and we're in the spot of trying to raise over a million dollars for his surgery there. Lisa, let me, let me suggest an alternative path. Okay, that would be great. Okay, now and I'm not saying not to keep your GoFundMe page up, and we'll even link it on our website. Oh, thank you. But let me let me let me pass this on to Dr. Rodriguez. Okay, um, that'd be he's fantastic. become a very I wouldn't say a dear friend, but somebody that. I've, I've come to admire a lot and let me see if, and I'm pretty sure confident that I can arrange a meeting with you your husband and your son. And like, like the people that we featured in the show, mm-hmm. um, Patrick Hardison, which is the volunteer firefighter. Right. And um, you know, it, it, this didn't come down to dollars and cents. It, it wasn't about money. It was right. about wow. the science and mm-hmm. it was about improving people's quality of life. I mean, and, Patrick described and, a situation where now he had an entire floor as a, a volunteer firefighter collapse on him. Joe DeMaio uh, had he worked the overnight shift and he fell asleep behind the wheel of a car. Eighty percent of his body was burned. I mean, it was just terrible. And. And I can tell you in each case, it, it, this was not, a, they're not going to sit there and negotiate about money. They're going to see if you can help. In both cases, they had had as many surgeries, if not more, than your son. And skin grafts and the pain that goes along with it. So what I'd like to do, with your permission, I'll put you in touch with, with Dr. Rodriguez and the team at NYU Langone and, and see if they can help him out. That, no, that that would be amazing. Um, we've shared our story a little bit within Michigan, and 
Uh, he's been interviewed on three local TV stations, and once we got the word out about him, uh, we've received so many letters and messages about Derek's story just inspiring and helping others. And we had our first public speaking event, and, um, you know, I, I'm just so incredibly proud of the direction that he's taking, you know, potentially this negative in his life and how he's trying to turn it around and help others. So... Um, a face transplant would be life changing for him. Let me let me make the contact and I we'll try and follow it. up. And I to believe it or not, as we were talking, I was already texting Dr. Rodriguez and I sent him uh, a copy of your story. OK. All right. I appreciate it so much. So, Thank you. Linda, why don't you take Lisa's number and uh, I'll make the connection between the two of them at the at the appropriate time. OK. We'll do boss. And I'm sending my best to your son, too. And just tell your son oh, this you. for me. You know, I know we are a society where where we probably judge people way too much by their looks. Mm-hmm. But it's what's inside. And it's not a cliche. It's your heart, your mind, your spirit, your soul that really matters. And I'm sorry all of this happened to him. Um, but there is hope. Did he watch the special? Um, he did not watch the special. He actually um, has a feeding machine, and at that point of the night, he's actually hooked up to that machine. Um, so he was not able to watch it, but my husband and I did watch it, and I shared the story with him. I'm going to send you about- a copy of it right now. I'll oh, have Linda text it to you, okay? That would be fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. I really no, appreciate thank you. it. Thank you, and our best uh, to you and to your son. Our our many prayers, a lot of love, and and let's see what let's see what can come out of this call. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Coming up next, our final news roundup and information overload hour. All right, news roundup, information overload hour. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean, you want to be a part of the program? I had a long discussion with a group of people over the holiday weekend about Joe Biden. And and somebody went at me and said, you know, you're, you're trivializing something here. And I said, what do you mean when you say President Sippy Cup? I said, well, you know, there's only so much, you know, there's only so much you can say when somebody's such a cognitive mess like Joe. And it really isn't when I, you know, as I started thinking about it, I said, it really isn't funny. I mean, if late night comics made fun of it, which they would do if it was Donald Trump or any Republican, it would it would be funny. And, you know, he, he has the, the, the lamest schedule of any modern day president literally showing up to the office, what, nine o'clock and nine thirty every day, less than one agenda item daily on his calendar. But it's not funny. And and over the 4th of July, it was a disaster. You got Biden getting confused with the job numbers. Then then Biden literally, you know, is asked about, well, what about the, the cyber attacks against all of these companies? And what? They want 70 million dollars in ransomware. If you don't know what ransomware is, you do need LifeLock.com, where they'll shut down your computer until you pay them, usually in cryptocurrency. So that it's untraceable. You pay them the money. And then they'll they'll unlock your computer. Joe was asked about it, is the Russians. Uh, I don't know. Well, don't you think the likelihood is considering they did the colonial pipeline attack and the attack on our meat industry? I think the odds are probably pretty good that they'd be a top suspect. And then he has to pull out notes out of his pocket. You know, then he gets caught lying about marching in the civil rights movement. Again, this is not something that's new. Then he participates in, in sit that he participated in sit-ins in the civil rights movement. That, that wasn't true either. 
it's not good for the country to be watching this unfold every single solitary day. You know, Biden is, you know, where where is he? He's uh, literally struggling to answer a Russia question about why he's buying a cherry pie. Then he got caught nailed just flat out lying over this false baseball story that he told. Well, I played and I hit the ball 360, what, four yards? And uh, and, uh, no, you didn't. Anyway, that was fact checked immediately. Just listen for yourself. This morning, we learned that in June, our economy created 850,000 jobs, 850,000 jobs. Wages went up for American workers since it took office. Our recovery has created an average $600,000. I wish they, they probably wish those 600,000 jobs paid $600,000 a year. But 600,000 jobs per month. Uh, I'll be in better shape to talk to you about it. I'll tell you what they sent me, okay? That, uh, the idea, first of all, we're not sure who it is for certain, number one. And what I did, I directed the full resources of the, of the government to assist in a response if we determine what else you need. Oh, nothing. You're all set. Okay. And um, uh, the fact is that uh, I directed the intelligence community, you give me a deep dive on what's happened and I'll know better uh, tomorrow and if it is uh, either with the knowledge of and or a consequence of Russia then I told Putin we will respond. When I was 17 years old, like many of you, I participated in sit-ins to desegregate the restaurants and movie houses of Wilmington, Delaware. When I marched in the civil rights movement, I did not march with a 12-point program. I marched with tens of thousands of others to change attitudes, and we changed attitudes. I came out of the civil rights movement. I was one of those guys that sat in and marched and all that stuff. Out of the civil rights movement. Uh, my state is a state that was uh, segregated by law, and uh, we have the eighth largest black population in the United States of America as a percent of population. And my passion was ignited when I saw what was happening when we moved down from a place called Scranton, Pennsylvania, with very few minorities in that in that city, but I moved down to Delaware when I was in third grade, a little town called Claymont, and uh, what I found out was that uh, there was a significant African-American population, but guess what? They weren't able to go to school, the places that, uh, that we went to school. But I got my education, Reverend Doc, in the black church, not a joke, because when we used to get organized on Sundays, to go out and desegregate movie theaters and things like that, we do it through the black church. I gotta admit to you, I'd go to my Catholic mass at 7:30 first, and then I'd show up in the black church. Anyway, so that is Joe Biden. The truth? He partnered with the the guy that filibustered the Civil Rights Act of '64, the Voting Rights Act of '65, and in the '70s, partnered with the former Klansmen to stop the integration of public schools and busing. Uh, because he didn't want public schools in America to be, quote, his words, racial jungles. He's just a liar. By the way, Biden voters oh, think that the country's heading in the right direction, 79%. Yeah, but the rest of the country says uh, we're on the wrong track, 84%. I mean, okay, so 
Is this now an issue? Matt Towery, John uh, McLaughlin, our pollsters are with us. Uh, thank you both for being with us. And uh, there's a lot of polls that are out today, information that we can glean. Maybe maybe some of it will tell us about 2022 20, uh, and 2024. Welcome back. Um, I don't know if it's I just don't feel like it's funny anymore because it's these, you know, these this cognitive decline, these this cognitive mess of a president. The, the world is watching this. The media won't report it, Matt Towery, but it's it's clearly obvious. Well, that you just said the key word, and that is the media won't report it. And so I, I look at various news sources, and it's interesting, Sean, that what you just played, a lot of that I didn't hear on most of the networks and the other organizations that quote-unquote report news. So as a result, most Americans are not aware this this situation exists. And I, I'll be honest with you, I'm not a medical doctor. I can't discern what the president's level is, I can say that I have not heard another president in my lifetime um, struggle for words to the extent that Joe Biden does. Well, but but our eyes don't lie to us either. I said that in the George Floyd case. I said, I I watched this for nine and a half minutes. I'm sorry, my eyes don't lie to me. And I'm saying it here. We've run tape of Joe in 2012, 2016, and today. And it's a dramatic decline. Look, one poll released today shows that, and this is a released by the Convention of States and Trafalgar, and that's our friend Robert Cahaley, that fi- the majority of Americans, 56.5% of Americans, don't believe that President Biden is fully executing the, the duties of office. They believe others, not Biden, are calling the shots in the White House. Reaction, John McLaughlin. Uh, we've seen that in our polls, and you're exactly right. This is not uh, funny anymore. It's, it's a serious concern when you look at what's going on in the world. And basically, we knew last year, basically, the corrupt uh, D.C. Democrat establishment, including the media and big tech, really rose up against Trump to try to elect Biden in spite of his, his, his problems. We asked this month if you knew Joe Biden's 78 years old when he was sworn in and 82 at the end of his term, how likely is it that you think uh, Kamala Harris will be president before the end of Joe Biden's four-year term. 63% of all voters said it's likely, including 56% of the Democrats and 50% of the Biden voters. And what's got them petrified about that, that you're seeing all these stories about Harris not doing her job, et cetera, Trump is beating Harris 49-45 decisively in a hypothetical matchup for 2024. And basically the media is running down Harris now. I, I mean, Biden tried to sabotage her by making her the border czar, so he knew that wasn't going to be resolved. It would be her problem. But the Democrat establishment has a big problem. Ronnie Jackson, who is a, a former White House physician, congressman now, has led over 50 members of Congress calling on Biden to take a cognitive medical exam and release the results. I mean, the Democrats had no problem talking about the 25th Amendment with President Trump. Now, They've gone radio silent, as you and Matt have already talked about. The mainstream establishment media is covering this up, and it could come at the expense of the United States in some sort of security or foreign policy disaster. I mean, this, this cyber hacking, et cetera, is only a warm-up to foreign policy, uh, you know, uh, national security concerns and tests that he's about to face from our adversaries. I think all of which is true. Now, Ronnie Jackson was also Obama's doctor, and it was Trump's doctor. 
and I and, and I think you're right. I think we're headed there. When you look more deeply, 31.7 percent, 32 percent of Democrats don't believe Biden is in is running the country or calling the shots. Fifty eight point four percent of independents do not believe Biden is calling the shots here. I mean, th- this is a very high percentage. Now, John mentioned, Matt, the issue of Kamala Harris and the problems that she's having. And an article in the New York Post on Saturday had that Democrats are fearful that Kamala Harris and all of her missteps were opening the door for Republicans to regain the White House. But more importantly, Congress in, in 2022 and, and hopefully the Senate as well, although they're very tough states coming up, you know, and and she shouldn't be the heir apparent Axios reports. So you got a problem at the top of the ticket with Joe and a, and a problem with VP Harris, should she have to step in and take over at any point? Well, I think when you have media outlets like Axios suggesting this, that tells you something, and John alluded to it earlier, and that is that um, there, was, there was a rift between the White House, the Biden White House, and the Harris uh, side of it. And I suspect that exists. It normally does between presidents and vice presidents to some extent. And I do think that Harris right now is the one taking the bigger hit. I think the media protects Biden as much as they can. I think they don't quite know how to protect Harris because Harris hasn't been out there enough to to protect. And the few times she has been out there, they haven't they have not been stellar performances. So I do think that that she is an issue. I will remind everyone though that of this one thing, and that is that whenever you have an African American candidate at the top of a ticket which is what we saw with Barack Obama two times in a row. You have a, a lot of potential for a lot of excitement about African-American turnout, particularly following what we've gone through in the past few years. So I would say this uh, to Republicans who are looking at these numbers saying, well, Harris loses to Trump. I do believe, by the way, Trump is the strongest candidate for the Republicans. And I think he could win the White House again. But always be careful what you wish for, because she could easily become a stronger candidate than she appears to be right now. Well, it's it's all pretty amazing to me, but a majority of Americans saying that, then Kamala's got her parents. As we continue with our pollsters, Matt Towery, John McLaughlin are with us. Uh, by the way, I, if they ever did their job in the media, Hunter Biden apparently was paying Joe's AT&T bills, spending thousands of dollars on house repairs for him while he, he was still vice president. That's all in the, in the laptop from hell. Um, but, you know, I guess time will tell. There seems to be, you know, a, a, a reluctance and resistance within Republican ranks over the issue of Donald Trump. And by that, it's it's the Lincoln Project people. By the way, Joe Trippi announced he's, he's joining the Lincoln group. That That's everything you need to know about how liberal they are. They don't even want Republicans to win the House anymore. They don't want Republicans to win the Senate anymore. So I wouldn't say they're conservatives by any stretch. They're, they're just basically Democrats that say they were once Republicans. OK, great. Got it. But be honest about it. So now the question is, as we look towards 2022, we got a very tight margin in the House, winnable for Republicans. Then you've got Florida. You've got Georgia, maybe Herschel Walker, according to reports I've seen. Uh, then you've got North Carolina. you got South Carolina. you got New Hampshire. you got Wisconsin, Ohio, Arizona. I mean, is this not John McLaughlin, the bellwether of all bellwethers? 
Yes, and and we have in our in our national monthly survey, we have the Republicans leading the generic vote forty seven forty six, which bodes very well for the midterm elections, and that's scaring the Democrats to the point that they still want to change the election laws with that uh, corrupt Democrat, uh, politicians act, where they want to basically, uh, you know, get rid of voter ID and all that other kind of stuff. But they, but that's been stalled. But the Democrats have four races, four senators. That are in battleground states right now. You got Warnock in Georgia, you got Kelly in Arizona, you got uh, Cortez Masto in Nevada, and you got Hassan in New Hampshire. That are all in trouble. That if the Democrats keep pursuing their radical agenda, the Republicans should be able to gain Senate seats. And Donald Trump is the key to getting our base in the midterm because 72% of all Republicans want him to run again in 24, and they would support him 80 to 16 if he were to run in a primary, according to National Republican primary voters. And he, and he blows away anybody in the field if he runs. So the key thing is, I mean, you saw the, the president at his rally on Saturday in Sarasota. He's out there for like a couple hours talking to people. What a contrast between him and Biden. It's unbelievable. Yeah, Biden had 25 people show up at an event. Last word, Matt, how do you see 2022 playing out? We've got about 20 seconds. Oh, I agree. I think Trump is the party, and the, the, all these articles I read that state otherwise are idiotic. Uh, let me mention one in Georgia. So two hit pieces came out today talking about how Herschel Walker might be a problem for the Republicans in Georgia. That's from mainstream D.C., inside the Beltway types. Herschel Walker would absolutely run um, to victory in Georgia. The Republicans had better pray he runs. Uh, I agree with you. And he'd help uh, the Republican ticket top and bottom. Trust me, I think you're 100% right. All right. Uh, Matt Towery, John McLaughlin, thank you both. 800 941 Quick break, right back. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941. Sean, you want to be a part of the program? We'll get to your calls here, final half hour uh, on this Tuesday. I know you think it's Monday. Many of us do. It's not. Any, so um, our friend Joe Paggs, he's like me, and that is we don't ever stop working. We work even though we're not working, even though we're supposed to be having downtime. You just never stop working. Anyway, over the holiday weekend, in comes a, a text message uh, from Linda and James that yeah, Joe Paggs just sent this. And he sent us, this is from the original song is 16 Tons by Tennessee's Ernie Ford, a Tennessean. And anyway, it just, it just cracked me up. Listen. Some people say economy's gone to the dogs. Tons are staying home, not going to jobs. A government check and business is doomed. Basaki says she's got great news. You save 16 cents on a hot dog. You should jump at it like a bullfrog. Those pickles gone cost you. Don't you know there's something wrong with good old Joe? I was born at night, but not last night. Americans know that our money is tight. To save 16 cents on a barbecue, come on, Saki, don't be a fool. You save 16 cents on that barbecue. Doesn't change that rent and car payments do. Circle back, Saki, say it ain't so. Your rationale really blows. 
Saving pennies, well, now that goes fast. Has Biden not seen the price of gas? It's $1 higher than six months ago. We want that back. Keep your change, Joe, so that 16 cents doesn't do squat. When dodging questions, that's all they've got. Jen Psaki, you annoy me, you've got to go. Even though you're just speaking for Joe. We're only six months in, what a strange ride. The White House shows little national pride. Now they hide old Joe. Most of the time, cause when he speaks, there's no reason nor rhyme. They give 16 cents to your outdoor grill. They think we all chose to take the blue pill. Jen Psaki, you're a liar, and we all know you're covering for Clueless Joe. Joe Peggs joins us now. I mean, you're worse than me. Yeah, I, I, my friends tell me, what is wrong with you? I mean, what do you mean? You know, they say, well, let's go to the beach. I'm like, what do you do at the beach? No, no, you just hang out. And I'm like, how long? And then, you know, all day. And I'm like, you mean sit all day? We'll get you an umbrella if you don't want to get sunburned because you have pasty white skin. That gets sun. I'm like, how do you sit at the beach all day? How do people do that? How do people, you know, sit at a pool all day? I can't do it. And I know you can't do it either. There's something wrong with us. We're missing a chip somewhere. <laughs> I mean, I love the song, but I'm just like, okay, Joe's as big a loser as I am. That's all there is to it. <laughs> you know it's true. Loser. Well, no, it, it is. You know, I, we, we went to Michigan. I'm getting on the plane, and now at the airport they know me. They said, what, what is that that we're seeing in your bag? Is that... Is that a microphone, Joe? I didn't get it. It's a microphone. That's what it is. Hey, Sean, how do you shut it off? I mean, there's so much going on at all times. I can't. I wanna, the I answer is I, I can't. You know, you know, everybody fears that knows me well in life. I'll let Linda weigh in. She's still struggling a little bit with her allergies. But is everybody fears the day I say, yeah, I think I'm going to retire. They're like, are you kidding? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> I figure I you're just going to do, you know, those farewell tours like, uh, you know, like Babs. How many has she done now? Like 15? She's always Madonna saying goodbye. Or, or, uh, or Kiss. I mean, right, there's right, so right. many. Every, by the way, they all have their goodbye tours, then they come back and do another goodbye tour. It's the goodbye to the goodbye tour is what it is. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I love it, man. I just I thought I'd knock the song out. It was one of my dad's favorite songs, the original. And I, right. I just, I mean, 16 cents on a hot dog, Sean, really? Six, oh my, can uh, you would, imagine? Would you, would you yeah, like boy. me to lend you some money? I've got an extra 16 cents. You know, my, I think my the kids better part of the story is, my, if I may, I, is yeah. that Joe Pags actually knew a song that referred to 16 cents. No, I was like, what true. is this song, Joe? What is this? I've heard the song <laughs> before. Well, Sean, Linda wrote me back. She said, I don't want to sound like a jerk, but what, what is this song based on? <laughs> I was like, I'm real <laughs> sorry, dude. I don't know what this is. Oh, that's pretty funny. Um, well, anyway, did you have a good fourth? Did you enjoy your time off a little bit? I, I had a good time, but as you know, I, I had to go into a live stream and complain about all the wokeness around Independence Day. It turns out Independence Day isn't Independence Day for anybody but white Christian men. And Maxine Waters somehow is still oppressed and not free. So uh, we had to do a little bit of a live shot. I'm sitting in the middle of a state park in the middle of Michigan doing a live shot. 
for my Facebook following. That that's that's who I am, Sean. I think you know that. Okay, so the only reason I wasn't doing the same is because my team has actually prohibited me from having access to any social media because they don't have <laughs> they don't have enough faith and confidence in their boss. We're all the, we're all the to better do so for responsibly. It. I mean, it's a joke. <laughs> all right, my friend, we love you. Thank you, Joe Pags. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean is our number. You want to be a part of the program? Uh, let's say hi to Timothy's in Ohio. Timothy, hi. How are you? Glad you called. Thanks for taking my call, Mister Hannity. I appreciate it. Uh, I have a question that is very simple. Yeah. All elected officials, from the president on down to a mayor in a small municipality, have to swear an oath. And basically, that oath will say to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. When they violate that oath, why can't they be removed from office? The only one that gets, you know, the only one that gets impeached is the Donald Trump. You know, I've 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 sadly just concluded and I, I say it very matter of factly, and that is that law. We we have dual a dual justice system. We don't have equal justice under the law. We don't have equal um, administration of our law, its application of it. We don't have any of that. We now live in a country where if you're a Democrat, you get away with pretty much anything. Andrew Cuomo, great case in point. Whatever happened to Comey and McCabe and others? Nothing. Whatever happened to Hillary Clinton? Nothing. Whatever happens to zero experience Hunter and Joe? Nothing. Nobody cares. You know, apparently we we care. Stop. Yeah, well, we I mean, care. this, this you is I care. I care. But, you know, look, as big as this audience, thankfully, you've made it become. It's still not enough. You know, a lot, you know, half the country, even though 56 percent don't think Joe's running the show. A lot of the tape that you hear on this show or we show you on TV, which we'll show you again tonight of Joe as a cognitive mess. Most Americans don't see it because the anywhere else you get your news, you're not going to see it. They had the candidate protection program. Now it's the presidential protection program. And you and I both know if it was Donald Trump, it'd be very different. If Donald Trump's kids lied on a gun application, what do you think would happen? If they dumped guns in dumpsters, what do you think would happen? If they made They'd money without experience from China, Russia, uh, uh, Ukraine, Kazakhstan, what do you think would happen? Well, I just believe that the Constitution is a very strong document. And if you swear an oath to protect and defend it, and you violate that, then you have violated your oath of office and should be removed. To me, it's very simple. It's simple. It's justice. It's equal justice yep. under the law. It's equal application of our laws. You know, it's you know, I've known for years that that being a a public conservative, that 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 there's never going to be fairness when it comes to me. And and I've acted accordingly. I don't have one people do one group of people doing my taxes after they're done. It gets sent over to my lawyer and then my lawyer has an outside accounting firm. They do the taxes on top of the people I already paid to do my taxes. Welcome to my world. Sean, God bless you. Have a All right, good my day. friend. Appreciate the call. Thank you. 
800 Sean Travis, California, the United Socialist Utopia of California. How are you, Travis? What's going on? Good, good. How you doing? A journalism student going for my bachelor's up here in the wow. enemy state of California, Bay Area. What's, uh, so what school are you at? You, don't tell me UC uh, Berkeley. No, San Jose State. Okay. And Definitely let me not let me get let me guess. Your teachers are woke and they believe in indoctrination and then they think Fox News and talk radio is evil. I was just uh, that that every time they talk about something it's Fox News Fox News. There's actually one of the books I got uh, there's a beautiful picture of you and uh uh rest <laughs> in peace rush. He's in there and they talk about how there's a complex some people have a complex listening to you and Rachel Maddow. A complex? That's What's the, the complex? I, I don't know. That That's literally just the quote. It says that people have a complex listening to Sean Hattie and Rachel Maddow, and then it just moves on. Okay, that makes no sense. Look, here's the deal. What, what do you want to do in broadcasting? I'm actually trying to get more into uh, photojournalism. Uh, listen, it's it's a very cool job. Um and I, I'm not I'm not discouraging you from doing it. Just know what you're getting into. And if you have to play the game and regurgitate back like a parrot, whatever the teacher wants to hear in order to get the grade so you can achieve the goal. I don't see any harm in that myself. If you want to challenge the teacher and, and risk your dream career being halted, I'd advise you not to do it. Know the consequences ahead of time. But, you know, there's... Look, I, there's too many kids that I've told this to. I said, they're like, I'm being indoctrinated, this teacher. If you feed them back what they want to hear, you're going to get a much bigger grade. If you challenge them, they're going to punish you. So you really, you're, you're in a position where you have no power, and your choice is either you go along with the, play the game, and just to get the degree to get the hell out of there to live real life, or you don't. I'm kind of in a minority in that group because I'm a Marine Corps vet and I'm a little bit older going back to school. So it's right. a little bit harder for them to play that game against me. I've pushed back one essay I did. I put the word cisgender in quotes, the whole the whole essay, and they didn't say a single thing to me, even though I know that's completely. What did you uh, get on the essay? Incorrect. What was the score? What was their grade? I, I still got an A. I'm a three, uh, I have a 3.7 GPA, so they haven't been able to. To screw me too much. Yeah, look, I mean, actually, I, I had a teacher that, I mean, a whole political science class when I was going to NYU at one point, and the, the teacher it, right up front admits that he's a communist. I ended up being, I was, I loved Ronald Reagan at the time, and I'm like fighting this guy. I, I sat in the back row every day, uh, and I'd start arguing with the professor, and it ended up being the whole class. I'd got, I had, and this happened halfway through the class. I start, I, I had it. I'd gotten an A on the midterm. I ended up with the lowest grade I had in college, which was like a C or a C plus, something like that. The guy once came on Hannity and Combs years later because Allen ran into the guy, and you know, and admitted that he said he was a communist. And, you know, I said, well, do you admit that you, you screwed me on my grade? Because how did I get an A? It must That must mean you gave me an F on my final for me to get a C or a C plus or, or a D minus or something ridiculously right, low. Right, to drop that low. Yeah. I mean, and it was a class based on a midterm and a final. Equally, you know, they, they were measured, they were weighted equally. But anyway. I have one political science class coming up, War and Peace. 
So we'll see how that goes. I'm sure the Democrats are the, just, the war or the Democrats are the peacemongers. How much longer the, do you got left in school? Another year. Uh, Suck it up another year. year get the hell out of there and, and go find a great job and do find stories. Do things that others don't do. Look for exactly. a niche in photojournalism that you see and follow that niche. And then then great things will begin to happen. Get stories that others aren't looking for. Appreciate that. I'll keep that right. in mind, definitely. All right. Have a great time. We appreciate you being with us. All right. That's going to wrap things up for today. Back in the saddle again tonight. Hannity, 9 Eastern. We hope you set your DVR. We have Dr. Ronnie Jackson. He wants that cognitive test for Joe. Uh, Congressman Devin Nunes, Pete Hegseth, Leo 2.0, Terrell, Kevin McCarthy, Dan Bongino, Larry Elder, Dr. Sapphire, much, much more. 9 Eastern, Hannity on Fox. We'll see you then. Back here tomorrow. Thank you for being with us. And yes, God bless the USA. We'll see you tonight.